joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Now, as always, in the beginning, I like to say um, you might want to grab something to drink, like your favorite beverage, and something to write with, and a piece of paper. Find your favorite comfortable spot, and just sit back and relax and absorb this information, because I think you're going to be intrigued. If you've been having any issues in the tummy area, then um, most definitely might want to pay close attention because today's guest is going to educate us on some things that we should know about as far as how we can maintain ourselves with not having uh, tummy troubles and staying healthy and well. But before we get into that, I would like to first take this opportunity to thank all of you for being here and to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor is Blissful Living For You. You want to check them out at blissfullivingforyou.com. Now, uh, disclaimer, their website is um, under reconstruction, so some of the information on the site might not be as up-to-date as it would like it to be at this moment in time. However, it will be changing very shortly and everything will be up to date, but you can still go to the site and find out information about what they have to offer, especially during this time of the year as the holidays and all that fun stuff come into play, fall and winter. Um, they have some things that will uh, help you to stay healthy and well as we travel through the seasons of the year. And I want to thank the next guest, All Day Cable, Inc., all Day Cable Incorporated is located in the heart of Silicon Valley. They've been in business for almost 30 years, and they specialize in telecommunications installation, network distribution, installation of voice data, fiber, optic cabling, as well as wireless systems, video, audio, speaker systems, you name it, anything that has to do with telecommunications and setting up your distribution they can definitely help you with that. You want to check them out at alldaycableinc.com. All righty. So let's get into the show. Let me tell you a little bit about the show. Now, you know here on Blissful Living, the pillars of life that we focus on are wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And this pillar tonight or today or this time of being um, is going to focus on our wellness pillar. As I always tell you guys, your wellness is the greatest asset that you have. And so check this out tonight. To, I don't know why I keep saying tonight, but today's guest, the guest for the show at this moment in time is a fabulous Jody Eleanor, and she is the founder of Healing Journey, a functional health service that helps people uncover the root causes of their gut issues, anxiety, and hormone imbalance. Now, I'm sure we all know people who have 
something that can fit in any of these three categories. She works with people online across Europe and North America, as well as in person in her small rural community in Cottage Country, Ontario. Her approach integrates mind and body healing, uses functional lab testing, and incorporates lifestyle coaching. Jody has a broad educational background. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a trained therapist, and a certified yoga instructor who holds a science degree. Now, Jody's passionate about functional medicine through her own health journey, and she spent 10 years seeking answers to gut issues after living in Africa. Now, when she isn't talking about poop and copper toxicity, you'll find Jody outdoors. She has a love affair with nature. She's an avid photographer. And um, she also fell in love with surfing during a trip to Costa Rica. And though she usually ends up under the waves more often than not, she rides the waves. I love that. And so I want to welcome Jody Eleanor to Blissful Living. Welcome, Jody. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. It's great to have you. It's always good to have someone that helps to educate everyone all of us about how we can um, improve our health and well-being. And so I want to jump in and give the listeners a little bit of a background with regards to, can you share with them what actually got you really into uh, functional health and functional medicine? Sure. So I got into functional medicine through my own health journey, um, which actually started when we talk about gut issues as a child. So as a child, I had chronic stomach aches. My parents renamed the chronic stomach aches as tired stomach aches, and they would use it as an excuse to send me to bed. Um, So the stomach issues started quite young, um, and I had yeast infections actually before menstruation, so about eight years old. So there was definitely something going on from a young age. But as you mentioned, the challenges really started happening when I moved to Africa. So I picked up some sort of gut infection where I started having loose stools, and I wasn't digesting things properly, and... Uh, as a result, had a pretty long journey of trying to find out what was going on. So I saw uh, five naturopaths, two GI specialists, a family doctor, a dermatologist, an infectious disease doctor, and really hadn't gotten any answers at all. And that's when I found, yeah, and that's actually when I found functional medicine. So at that point, I'd seen so many different practitioners and nothing had really given me answers and someone had suggested, have you tried functional medicine? And at that point, I didn't even know what it was. Um, and yeah, then when I... Yeah, explain to the listeners, you know, because we might be throwing in a new term for them. Explain yeah. to them what exactly is functional medicine? I mean, it's a it's a really great question because, I mean, when I came across functional medicine, I didn't know what it was either. And most people I tell about functional medicine now are like, what exactly is that? 
So functional medicine is a little bit different than conventional medicine because when we think about conventional medicine, it typically tends to eliminate the symptom no matter what the cost, right? So you go to your doctor and let's say you have a gut issue and they're going to say to you, okay, well, let's take this medication to get rid of your, let's say it's diarrhea, Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to go and have this medication to get rid of the diarrhea, but nobody necessarily asks, why do you have diarrhea in the first place? The goal is typically like, let's get rid of the symptom. And then we know that we've solved the problem. Right. Right. Does that sound familiar to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we all know that's not the case. You're just getting rid of the symptom. The problem still exists. Right. Well, and that's kind of what happened. So it's kind of, it reminds me of that fair game. Do you know whack-a-mole where you have this hammer and you're trying to whack the mole that pops up out of the hole and you whack it in one hole and it just kind of pops up somewhere else? And that tends to be what happens when we use a symptom management approach to our health issues because we're going to get rid of one symptom. Let's say it's diarrhea and the symptom is going to pop up somewhere else, right? Because the body's trying to adapt. Yeah, right. it's trying to right. adapt to, to what's going on. And so wow. it it becomes this vicious cycle of, you know, taking medications for these side effects and not necessarily getting to root cause, right? Right. So, so when we look at... Is, is functional medicine more geared towards getting to the root cause and eliminating the root cause? or Exactly. Um, Okay. Okay. Exactly. So, so that's you guys out there listening. So that's the you know again the difference between quote unquote Western medicine and um, functional medicine. Um, Western medicine really is focused on the signs and symptoms, and functional medicine is, I would say, more of a preventative because it's focused on getting rid of the root cause, so you don't have to deal with the signs and symptoms. Just wanted to get that cleared clarify for you guys out there. So now you said that you were you were in Africa when you just really um began having these challenges and that you've been sick for quite a long time. Uh, share with the listeners how long had you been sick um and was there a specific uh, person that led you to functional medicine or you just started doing research and kind of um you know kind of led yourself on that journey to functional medicine? Yeah, so um, when I got sick in Africa, I think I actually might have had some bad water, and there was just no turning back at all. And I tried a bunch of different things. Uh, I had so many different antiparasitic medications, and I figured I probably wasn't solving the problem because it was medical testing in Africa. And just to give you an example, so I had a friend who had a knee issue who went to a doctor there and they told her it was a urinary tract infection. <laughs> so the oh, diagnostics wow. weren't, yeah, the diagnostics were not very good there. And so I had assumed, you know, I'm going to come back to the Western medicine world and they're going to be able to diagnose me and I'm going to be able to sort it out no problem. And that actually wasn't the case. So as I mentioned earlier, I saw so many different practitioners and what had happened because of my gut issues after years of not being able to figure it out, I just kind of gave up. 
and my body started to fall apart. So I started to have a lot of knee issues. And so I was seeing a chiropractor and trying to rehab my knee. And we realized that my stomach was so swollen that it was impacting everything that was going on in my body. And so she was actually the person that recommended I look into functional medicine. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, you discovered with regards to your issues with your tummy, that it was it was also manifesting in uh, you know other areas of your body as well. Um, what was one of the first things that you did to begin to uh, rectify you know the the challenges you were having with your gut from a functional medicine perspective? Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, there was a lot of things that I tried beforehand that didn't work at all. So I, I might want to save the listeners the story of what didn't work for me. Yeah, um, yeah. but the focus on the functional medicine since that is what works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the big, the big thing is food. Uh, so that was something that I changed right away because when we're thinking about a functional medicine approach, we're not just zooming in on one part of the body, uh, whereas... Sometimes when you see specialists, you know, you see a GI specialist, they're going to zoom in just on the gut. But we're going to look at lifestyle and sleeping and your stress level, as well as your eating, as well as any hidden infections that are going on. And so usually I start people off with gut health in terms of how your diet is. And that's exactly where I started. So it was eating a low inflammatory diet, which is often related to paleo. So I don't know if you've heard of uh, paleo diet at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of paleo. But, okay, again, for the listeners, because, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, just briefly tell us, what is paleo? So yeah, no so paleo, mm-hmm. paleo is um, gluten-free, it's typically grain-free, it's soy-free, it's legume-free, it's refined sugar-free, which sounds pretty intense. But what it's doing is it's incorporating whole foods. And the idea is that we're eating foods that our ancestors ate because that's what our bodies are geared to make or geared to digest. And so often the foods that we cut out are very inflammatory. So when we think about grains, if you have gluten issues, sometimes your body confuses other grains for gluten, and so it can cause inflammation. Legumes have lectins in them, and lectins can be a problem for people that have gut issues. Sugar, I think pretty much everyone knows that sugar can cause issues with the gut. And so what it's doing is it's trying to give you a low inflammatory diet so that your system isn't very overwhelmed when you're trying to to go through other forms of healing. Right. Okay. So, okay. So there you guys, you have a little bit more education about what paleo is. So, okay, now let's go back to, um, so you started with, you know, just um, eating foods that were more in line with what your body was desiring to be, to, to keep it healthy and well. But also, I know you had some issues um possibly with leaky gut. Can you can you share with the listeners exactly what leaky gut is with regards to people that have um tummy troubles and suffer from um 
challenges in that area? Yeah. So leaky gut, actually a lot of symptoms can lead to leaky gut, not just stomach issues, but obviously stomach issues are the most directly linked symptom for leaky gut. So in order to understand leaky gut, you have to know a little bit more about how the gut works. So the lining of our intestines is only one cell deep. And Mm -hmm. these intestinal walls, they're joined by something called tight junctions. And so Mm -hmm. these junctions hold the lining of our cells together. So if you think about it, that's not very much between the outside world and what we ingest and our bodies, right? It's, It's one cell deep. And so what happens with leaky gut is these tight junctions, the glue that kind of holds the cells together, they come apart and literally the gut starts leaking so that what is in our stomach enters into our bloodstream. So this could be half-digested food particles. It could be pathogens that are getting into our bloodstream. It could be a whole host of things. And this causes a lot of inflammation and a ton of different reactions in the body that our body wasn't built to deal with. Okay. And so it's kind of, I guess you you guys out there listening maybe somewhat for a visual, visualization of what leaky gut might look like for visualization. Maybe it's like something like a glass or something with condensation on the outside and, and because the the stomach lining is only one cell deep, as that glue breaks apart, it's like the condensation that seeps through. Maybe like those plastic styrofoam type of cups if you have something that starts to get moist on the outside, but that would be similar to what um leaky gut would be and as that stuff gets moist and seeps into other areas where it should not be it sets up other challenges for our bodies so now um is leaky gut actually a scientifically medically proven condition or is it like what some doctors tend to say, well, it's all in your head. You have all these other issues and challenges going on with your health and well-being. And the symptoms that you're exhibiting that you may think is leaky gut is actually due to these cha- these other challenges. So what what is your take on that? Is it, you know, can you give the listeners information? Is it an actually scientific proven um, condition or something other? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Yeah, because I think for years, um, the natural health industry had touted this leaky gut theory, right? Um, Just because that's what we theorized was going on with your stomach and gut issues and things like that. And in the year 2000, this doctor who's now super famous in my world, Dr. Fasano, he discovered a molecule called zonulin. And what this molecule does is it literally opens the tight junctions between the gut wall and allows food particles and gluten and bacteria to get inside of your body. So we've actually scientifically now discovered this molecule zonulin. And so now we can say that leaky gut is scientific. And so this zonulin molecule, what's interesting about it is it's activated by gluten, whether you're celiac or not. And it's also activated by gut infection. So these two things alone are two of the triggers that are well known to activate zonulin, which then literally it's like kind of clicking that open door, um, the the handicap door that automatically opens. That's kind of what the zonulin molecule does to our gut, right? 
Right, right. Wow. So, so um, scientifically, scientifically proven, it's been isolated and, and discovered by by this physician, and so it really gives credence as to the symptoms aren't made up in someone's head, and they actually mm-hmm. do exist, and they're actually having issues with regards to that. Now, what are um, what are some possible causes? What may cause someone to develop leaky gut or leaky gut syndrome? We'll start with leaky yeah, gut and then we'll lead into some other, you know, gut issues. But particularly since we're on leaky gut, what would, you know, what would be some causes of this? So as I mentioned earlier, gluten is definitely a cause and the food that we eat is a big cause because food is essentially our fuel. So if we're consuming foods that we're intolerant to, it's just irritating the gut. So it's kind of like, you know, fueling the car with the wrong fuel. And oftentimes a lot of people fuel their bodies with the wrong fuel. And that is one of the causes for leaky gut is just eating this inflammatory food like gluten. So are there, I mean, but other than gluten, are there any other? That's one cause, right. Okay. Um, How about, give us some more just so that, you know, they possibly. So another cause uh, could be your mouth microbiome. And so when we think about digestion, we think about the entire body being, the digestive tract is one long tube. And it starts with the mouth. So not a lot of times do people say, you know, how is the health of your oral microbiome in your mouth, but in fact, we're swallowing thousands and thousands and thousands of bacterial a day. So if our mouth isn't healthy or if our mouth has infections, we're actually swallowing these infections, which is creating more issues. Another thing with gut issues are infections. And so this is huge. So it could be worms, it could be liver flukes, it could be uh, different bacterial infections, amoebas, uh, lots of different things like that can cause leaky gut as well. So, so you guys out there listening, this is pay close attention to what you intake into your body. Um, you know, uh, and also play. Don't just think of when you have tummy troubles that it's just in your tummy, because from the as, as they like to say, from the ruta to the tuta, that's your whole digestive system. It's not just your tummy or your stomach or your abdominal area. It's everything. So your gum health plays an important role because if you have bacteria and things growing around in your gums, you're swallowing that. That's going down into your, you know, digestive, uh, lower into your digestive tract. And if you have leaky gut or you're prone to be predisposed to that, then guess what? That that bacteria may now seep out into your bloodstream and go throughout your body and cause other problems. So think of that when you think of your digestive health. If, if I can impress anything more than what Jody is saying, definitely that is one thing that sticks out in my head. Now, now Jody, with regards to um, with regards to these gut issues or these tummy troubles, because a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, do develop tummy troubles, and it's not necessarily related to uh, gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity or things of that nature. Um, do you have anything to share with them with regards to um, what could be other possible causes of gut issues beyond leaky gut? Sure. Um, so actually Lyme's disease 
and tick-borne illnesses are something that have been recently connected to gut issues. So there's a few GI specialists in the states that actually speak to this, and it's a very new connection. But they're finding that it can attack central nervous system, and so as a result, it's attacking the stomachs and the intestines central nervous or sorry, enteric nervous system. And so that is creating other issues and bacterial infections in the body because the stool can't move through your system properly. And so right. Lyme can actually be a hidden cause of gut issues. So what they're doing in these uh, clinics now is that anyone who has unresolved uh, IBS or otherwise known as small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, anyone who has that that they can't get rid of, they're actually testing for Lyme's disease, which I found oh. fascinating. Yeah, that's great because I've known a lot of people that have IBS or, as you guys might, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, that you know, that's great that they're exploring other options with regards to what may be potential causes of that. Because there's quite a few people that suffer from that, and there's people that suffer from it that don't really even know that that's what they're suffering from. They just know that they are having tummy troubles, and you know they're not feeling good. So. You know, good information in this segment with regards to things, particularly paying attention to our tummy and um, tummy troubles that we may be having and what they may be related to and how we can incorporate some of the information from functional medicine into uh, maintaining our health and well-being so that we can feel better and um, have our tummies be healthy and well and eliminate or avoid altogether leaky gut syndrome and gut in tummy troubles. Now, with regards yeah, to the other, yeah, go ahead, Jody. Oh, I was just going to expand actually on what you were saying in in regards okay. to IBS because the other um, major cause of IBS is something called SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And so this mm-hmm. is actually where the good bacteria that we want in our colon somehow migrates up into the small intestine. So we don't actually want a lot of bacteria there at all, but it somehow ends up there. And then what actually happens is this produces an insane amount of gas for some people. So a lot of gas is produced with these uh, bacteria. They produce methane gas and hydrogen gas, depending on the bacteria (laughs) that's overgrowing. This can cause constipation, it can cause diarrhea, and so a lot of people that have IBS, it's not necessarily Lyme, but it's actually SIBO that's going on in their gut that's then causing this whole host of issues. Now, is there a way to test or find out, um, particularly if, you know, if it's due to an overgrowth of um, this this bacteria, um, is is there anything someone can do other than go to the doctor and you know, try to get them to run a test, but is there anything someone can do um, to figure out if they have this overgrowth? Is there a, is there a lab yeah. test for it? Is there a stool test for it? How, how does someone find out this information? So there's actually two tests. So the SIBO test is actually a breath test. And the reason it's a breath test is because we know that only this bacteria can produce this hydrogen and methane gas. And so <laughs> you literally feed the bacteria so that it produces a ton of gas and then blow into tubes and send your tubes in the mail. So that's how you test for SIBO. Oh, wow. And then, 
Yeah, and then the other test is the stool test that I like to run. It's called the GI map, and it uses PCR DNA technology. So this is the same technology that they're actually using in crime labs, like looking for specific pieces of DNA to your crime lab in your stomach to see what exactly is living there. And this test is insanely sensitive. So before this test came out, what people were actually using was stool culturing. And so basically it was taking a swab of your stool and putting it on a Petri dish and like having right. it try and grow something. And if it didn't grow anything, then basically you would get the story. You're just, you're super healthy, even right. though clearly your stomach was telling you you're not right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's what happened to me a lot is I, I call myself like a stool test expert or specialist because <laughs> I have just done so many stool tests, it's disgusting because I thought, well, maybe this time it'll pick it up or like maybe this time. And so I had a lot of panic because I knew something was in me. I just, you just know, right? You have that gut instinct, literally. Something's inside of you and you have no way of telling and you can't treat until you know what it is. And so that's where testing becomes so important. And for me, it was just such a big relief to be like, Oh, okay, I have answers. Now I can treat them. Right. That's, that, I think that's huge. When you, you, when you know and you know and, you, you know, things become, I would say, false negative, so to speak, right? It dampers a hope, but then the light shines when it's confirmed and you can move forward and, and figure out how mm-hmm. to, you know, better take care of yourself. So um, thanks for sharing the information about the test because I'm sure people are out there wondering, like, you know, what can I do with this, something I can test for? And I, I'm laughing with the, you know, the methane gas because I could just think of, you know, you know, people blowing up hot air balloons with their breath because they're full of overgrowth of bacteria. And just just, just me being funny in my head, but it just it kind of made me chuckle, like, thinking of old, you know, space frontier movies that I used to watch when I was a kid where everything was just, like kind of like Lost in Space. So if anybody out there has ever seen Lost in Space when they were a kid um, with Will Robinson and those guys, you'll probably relate to what I just said. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but oh well. Now let me get back to um, um, talking about like um, if someone has uh, an imbalance in their chemistry of their blood work, such as mineral imbalances or metal imbalances, do these imbalances, um, because they're so they're so slight and in, 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 in very small amounts. But do these imbalances play a role in how healthy or well your tummy and your gut is? Absolutely. And so first I want to talk a bit about heavy metals. Um, so you yeah. can test for heavy metals using urine tests. So I don't test necessarily use blood to test for heavy metals. And I also will use a hair and mineral analysis to test for minerals and metals as well. And this is super important because often the worms in our body or the parasites in our body are actually feeding off the heavy metals. And so it's actually somewhat of a protective relationship. So when we think of worms living in our body, I mean, you just you just want to get them out of there. And you think right. it's so disgusting. But there's been research that's been done on nematodes or worms in fish, and they found that fish carried 15 times the amount of heavy metals than their hosts, than the fish themselves. So worms inside the fish had 15 times more heavy metals. And so what's actually happening is the worms are kind of housing the heavy metals 
for the body and so protecting the body from the detrimental effects of the heavy metals themselves. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of mind-blowing. And you see the same thing with candida or yeast. So a lot of people have, you know, candida or yeast overgrowth and they've done these candida diets. I've done a zillion of them and they, they didn't work for me and they don't always right. work for people because... The candida is actually feeding off the mercury in your body. And so until you get rid of the mercury, the candida is literally going to keep coming back. Right. Right. And so that's kind of the heavy metal side of things. Wow. Okay. So um, with regards to minerals, when we're we're talking about minerals, just to give people right concept of what we're talking about, what specific minerals – where what specific minerals in the body where if they're off and if there's an imbalance can possibly lead to, you know, gut challenges, just so people can have a little bit more concept of what we're talking about here. Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple of minerals that I looked, like to focus on. So one is copper. So copper toxicity is actually massive, especially in women today, and it's associated with high levels of estrogen. And mm-hmm. so a lot of women, so, I mean, let's talk about the 1970s when they ran hair and mineral analysis, about 40 to 50% of test results were coming back as copper toxic. And now we're seeing about 70 to 80% of test results coming back as copper toxic. So huge. Um, but wow. just to clarify, yeah, just to clarify, it's not necessarily... So your blood work may come back normal, but your hair and mineral analysis likely will not. So the blood wants to stabilize things. So it's going to push things out into the hair or pull it out of the cells, depending on what's going on in the body. So the blood can stay stable. So that's where you start to pick up clues about if there's an overabundance of certain minerals or a deficit in certain minerals is when we look at the hair. And so that's why I love looking at people's hair. I mean looking at them on their head, but obviously, like, analyzing what's going on in their hair, right? <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, it's a lot of information that can come off a strand of hair with regards to a lot of, um, you know, discovering health uh, challenges or getting to the root cause of some health challenges, why that might be exhibiting based on what you're saying, you know, what's in the hair, um, the genetic DNA information. There's all kind of stuff that, you know, we just take for granted when we're losing that hair and that brush or on the floor, wherever, that, you know, it's just hair loss, but it actually holds a very valuable piece of information with regards to, um, you know, how healthy we are. And now there's um, technology that can actually test it to a level that we could never have imagined in the past. So that's super, I bet, super exciting for you and plus super exciting for the patient, uh, you know, that's going to uh, find out more about what is causing the challenges when it hasn't been working to find out through the traditional method. So very, very cool. Now, you mentioned something. Um, oh, my gosh. This came and lost it. Um, Could it uh, be about copper toxicity? No, it was something yeah. you said before that. Um, oh, the hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. How significant is it um, that, you know, quote, unquote, as women, we do have more hom- hormonal challenges than, I would say, guys. But how significant is 
the hormonal challenges that we go through play a role in um, our tummies and, and how good we feel in that, you know, on our digestive tract. Yeah, so actually oftentimes I'll see the reverse happen. So where stress in the stomach is going to cause so much stress internally in the body, so the body starts focusing all of its energy on managing the stress through the adrenals, the adrenal right. glands, and as a result, production of hormones becomes completely skewed. And so you'll see some people that will be incredibly estrogen dominant, meaning they have higher levels of estrogen than progesterone, or you'll see some people like myself that have been completely tanked in estrogen because my gut hasn't been able to absorb the right nutrients needed to make the estrogen. Mm -hmm. And so often it's the gut that will actually cause the hormones to go haywire. Mm. It's... And I know there is, but I want to say, is there a test or something that, um, you know, we can find, we can do to find out if our challenges with our tummy is related to the hormonal imbalances that we're experiencing? You know, too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, too much, not enough estrogen, too much progesterone. Is, Is there a test that we can do to find that out? Yeah, for sure. There's a test called the Dutch test. And so I am in love with this test as well. I'm pretty much in love with all the tests I offer, if you can't tell. So this test looks at a whole bunch of different markers. So one thing that it looks at is, you know, your level of sex hormones, but then it also looks at how you're breaking down your sex hormones. So estrogen, I know, is a hot one because this can put you at risk for increased gut issues if you're not detoxing estrogen properly. It can cause skin issues, but the big one is that it can cause cancer for people if it's not being broken down properly. And so this test will actually show you how your estrogen is being broken down, if your body is able to clear it or if it's causing issues in your gut potentially, or if it's going down cancer-causing pathways, which is huge to me. It adds so much information in addition to, you know, the mammogram you can get. I think doctors should be doing these hormone tests on people and saying, hey, you're detoxing down super unhealthy pathways. Like, right. you know, you might want to address that. You know, I think you're actually, you, you bring a good point up. And if there's any physicians listening, uh, you know, take this to heart. We love what you do, but also there's always room for improvement in all areas. And so if the physician, you know, when you go in for your yearly or every two-year checkup, whether they do this, you know, the cervical, uh, you get your pap smear, so they do the cervical swab, you get your mammogram, you, you know, you get your breast exam, rarely, Actually, none of the times I've in the last 30 years plus um, have I ever had anybody have part as a routine checkup for their women's wellness type of thing, any hormonal testing or anything like Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. If they add that one component, one additional component to the mix, then you give the woman a full, pretty much a full spectrum of what's going on with her with regards to her reproductive system and how things are affecting her body and her wellness, that could be huge for, you know, preventing um, cancers that might be harboring in the body, precancerous stuff, um, tummy troubles, all kind of things that, you know, sometimes because these tests are not done, these symptoms, these, these illness challenges get treated not correctly. So, 
I think that would be huge. And I'm sure you would agree with that, that if they just add that one mm-hmm. component to women's health, look how much more uh, we might be able to prevent some of the things that happen that are actually now somewhat preventable. And and I think you raise a really key point, which is the word prevent, right? Conventional yeah. medicine often, you know, their their role right now is, you know, disease care. So when your body is in a disease state, then they treat the disease. But oftentimes once the body gets there, the system is so unbalanced that it's really hard to undo the disease. But you didn't just go from being healthy to hopping over this big <laughs> entire gap. Right to being in disease state, there's this whole level in between of, you know, pre-disease that we can prevent. Um, And so I think the focus of our society has always been around, at least currently, it's always around, you know, I have these diagnosable diseases, when really it should be asking yourself, well, I'm not functioning optimally, you know, my gut's not functioning optimally, I have these symptoms, and I'm not really sure why, so let's address them before it gets to disease. I agree. I I mean, very, very well stated. And again, anybody listening to my show, if you've been a long-time listener or if you're new, then you know. Well, if you're new, you don't know, but if you've been a long-time listener, you know that I always say we don't have a health care system and I know you're not in America, Jody, but we don't have a health care system here in America. We have a sick care system here in America mm-hmm. because if we had a health care system here in America, then we would be having all these preventative things in place that prevent all of the stuff that's happening rampantly and that's been that has escalated, I want to say, 500 times in the last 30 years with some of these disease processes have escalated, not gotten better, gotten worse, but yet we have more technology, more information, more education, more knowledge. Why are things getting worse? So we don't have a healthcare system. We don't have preventative medicine here. We have a sick care system. And if you want to get preventative medicine, you have to explore other options such as functional medicine and the things um, of some of the, you know, holistic aspects of medicine um, that are available and being brought, brought to the forefront um, in our society today. So with that being said, I'm just going to get off my soapbox, but if you're new to the show, just pay attention to your health and well-being. You're the greatest advocate for your health and well-being. And it's people like Jody that comes on the show and brings you a wealth of information that you will never, and I capitalize that with 15 exclamation points after it, you will never get this information from your primary care provider or anyone else not unless they are an advocate for functional or integrative medicine and they actually practice it themselves. So just saying. So be an advocate for yourself. Find out as much as you can and manage your health and well-being so that you are healthy and well and not managing sickness, illness, and disease challenges. Now, Jody, with um, with regards to, um, you know, we kind of talked about uh, the gut health and the, and the gut challenges and kind of dived in a little bit about the hormones, which is great because I think we all need to know that. And I think people should ask for specific tests or go get these kind of tests done. But, you know, we also kind of began the show with regards to, and I'm just doing a full circle back, with regards to some terms that people are familiar with, with particular, I want to say, diets or ways of eating. And one of them is the whole gluten thing. Now, 
Um, do you think that the sensitivity and the gluten intolerance, because it has definitely increased over since I was a kid, um, do you think that um, that has a lot to do with the way the food is today versus back in the day? Um, and I'll, I'm going to stop right there because I have a second part to that. Okay. Um, yes, I do, actually. So I think what has happened is that we have uh, cross-bred gluten to the point where the body doesn't necessarily recognize it anymore. So this isn't genetic modification. This is natural crossbreeding. And if you look genetically at the gluten that we have in North America, it's actually very, very different than the wheat and gluten that we have in, that they have in Europe. They're very, very different. And the other thing is, is that we are spraying our wheat with glyphosate or Roundup before we're harvesting it. And as a result, so, it, I mean, it might be completely um, organic up until that point, but it's allowing for a faster harvest. And so now we're getting this overload of these toxins on our wheat right before mm. it's going to our bodies. And so this, they're, they're theorizing, is potentially one of the reasons that we're seeing huge amounts of gluten sensitivity with people today and huge reactions to gluten. Um, yeah, I can attest. When I was a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, my body tolerated gluten a lot uh, better than what it does now. I mean, I wasn't mm -hmm. gluten sensitive or anything uh, when I was a kid. And I know that when I was a kid, the way the wheat and stuff was harvested back then, it's totally different today. I know it's a total different process, right? Um, but I have. Yeah, and there's actually. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say there's actually a study that was done where it took samples from the U.S. Air Force in 1948 to 1954, and then it matched them to people in 2009 from the same, roughly same age and same health. And the study uh -huh. found that the rates of celiac disease were four to five times bigger now than they were 50 years ago. Oh, I believe it. I mean, it's just the way everything is more and more faster, faster, you know, and it's just, and, and then the stuff they're using and um, oh, so on and so forth. Okay, so now we, we've we got a little background of that back with regards to gluten and, you know, it really is a real problem in today's society and really uh, real symptoms that manifest from this. So it's not going to be a fad. It's not a fad thing. It's not people something that people are making up. You know, people really are having intolerance to gluten, just like people have intolerance to lactose. I want to ask you, with regards to lactose and gut troubles, do you think there's a correlation with regards to that? And what are your thoughts with regards to um the whole, you know, the whole lactose intolerance thing. Yeah, so lactose intolerance uh, actually is definitely linked to the gut. So when we go back to the anatomy of the gut, remember our little cells that line the gut wall. So actually the cells have these finger-like structures on them called microvilli. And these uh -huh. microvilli produce enzymes, and, and the enzymes help to break down the food. So the microvilli produce this enzyme called lactase, and the lactase mm -hmm. enzyme is responsible for breaking down the lactose. 
Now, what happens when your lining of your gut becomes destroyed because of eating crappy foods or gut infections or toxins is that these finger-like structures kind of melt away. So it's kind of like coral becoming, you know, bleached. We're mm-hmm. kind of bleaching our stomach microvilli because <laughs> then we're not producing this lactase. And then we become lactose intolerant. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So it actually it's a real thing. It re- it really happens, and I I can see how it can transition into someone's lifetime, you know, period over, you know, whatever. Especially if they're having gut challenges, right? Exactly. I mean, some of it is genetics, but then there's a portion of it that's um, basically related to the health of your gut. And so sometimes when people heal their gut, they can reintroduce dairy back in and their body's able to tolerate it, maybe even just in small amounts, whereas when they're sick, they can't. Right, right, gotcha. Okay, thank you for sharing and enlightening on us. So that's always a question, and it seems to correlate that um, people that do have tummy troubles do have uh, challenges processing lactose, uh, that's in, you know, dairy products, so to speak, and just wanted to see if there was a correlation, what your thoughts were behind that, and, you know, thank you for sharing. Now, one other thing you mentioned, and um, I know it's going to kind of freak people out, and I know about it, you know, but it's kind of funny when people first hear about there could possibly be, you know, critters inside of us, like worms, and these things could actually be, you know, feeding off of, you know, things that help to build our bodies and make us strong, and they can actually be growing inside of us, and we can have them, and they can be causing causing challenges in our tummy, and we don't even know it. Can you share um, some words of wisdom with regards to um, the worms that might be inside of us, how possibly they they get, you know, they get in there, and if there's anything we can do to ever get them out of us? to to stop us from having the the tummy challenges. Exactly. And I think, you know, you started the question with exactly part of the problem today, which is everybody has this fear about worms, which, I mean, they're disgusting and they're huge things in our bodies. But because of this fear, nobody's actually addressing it. So 20, 30, 50 years ago, and, and I think much older than that, worm cleansers were kind of part of, what we did as a society, recognizing that, you know, they were just going to happen and we needed to regularly cleanse. And then when you fast forward to the industrial age and we have this idea that we're so clean and we wash our food and so then nobody's going to get worms when in fact that's not the case at all, right? Right. Um, Worms are part of nature and nature is going to affect us no matter how hard we try. And so what happens is we have a society that's walking around full of worms, I'm sorry to say, and nobody (laughs) knows it. So I actually had a client of mine, she came to me for skin issues. So she had bad acne and no GI issues whatsoever. And I actually thought, okay, maybe she's just minimizing her symptoms because I got her test results back and she was full of worms and full of parasites and, you know, had gluten issues and all of these other things. And she actually had no GI issues to show it. Her only example of that was, you know, the skin symptom, which was her body telling her, hey, something, something's not right, but she had got the right. feel. And so right. her stomach wasn't telling her about this. And so 
I mean, that's one thing to think about is, you know, have you done a worm cleanse um, and should you maybe look into it? Because regular testing is done by the conventional doctors up until, you know, the GI map came out. You couldn't test for worms unless you did the tape test, which fewer discretion here, but you'd tape a piece of tape across your bum hole. And literally, mm-hmm. if there was eggs on the tape, that's how you knew. And that used to be the only way to tell. Wow. Nobody's really going to do that, right? Right. Right. You're right. I mean, no one's really going to do that. There was no way of testing. Now, is this something that someone could, like, ask the doctor? Can you, you know, can you... Um, um, Wait a minute. Let me let me start back. Is there? I'm sure you have a specific test, like you said, that you show, share with your clients. Now, is yes. there a um, is there a specific way which you mentioned? What is the specific way that someone could basically detoxify themselves from the worms? I guess in the parasites. Is basically yeah. What I'm so. The conventional medicine will prescribe, um, so sometimes you can actually test using looking for the eggs under a microscope, and so right. a lot of conventional doctors will do that, but it's very, very hard because you have to test the egg in the sample, and so there has to be either a lot of eggs or you have to get really lucky. And so they will prescribe medication, but the problem with the medication is that it's going to make the worms explode. And so going back to what I said earlier, oh. if our worms, our worms, if worms in our body, they're not ours, let's just clarify that. Worms in our body (laughs) have a lot of um, heavy metals in them, then we're literally exploding all of these toxins, mold, and heavy metals into our body. So Mm -hmm. imagine you have worms in your brain, you're going to be exploding those things in your brain. So that's not what we want to do. So we actually want to use herbs to either kill the worms or to paralyze them and bring them out of the body kind of intact as much as possible. And so that way the release of toxins is going to be minimized. I mean, you're still going to get a release when the worm dies, but it's not going to be as crazy as if you're exploding worms all over your body. Right. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I love the usage of herbs. Um, Can you share just a couple of what what a couple of those herbs might be? And then, um, you know, yeah, just mm-hmm. what a couple so, of those herbs like names, you know, you don't have to go too technical. So cloves are a great one um, that kill worm eggs. And then also I really like mimosa pudka. So mimosa pudka is a seed and it's very gelatinous. And so it actually will paralyze the worms and it will get out a worm that they don't even know if it's actually a worm. Nobody's been able to identify it, but it's this biofilm rope slime creature that lives in people and the only thing that will bring this out well one of the only things is this mimosa pudka um the other combination that i like to use is para 2 um, by microbe formulas and so they have um, some great herbs for worms some of the best on the market right now wow wow well, you know, we covered a lot in our show today. Hopefully you guys took mm-hmm. notes and it piqued your curiosity as to, you know, tests avail- that are available, uh, Jody's wealth of information behind just all the challenges that could be causing gut issues and tummy troubles and, you know, how it affects our hormones and just a wealth of information with regards to just the different processes that have taken place over time with regards to the way our food is processed, um, what functional medicine is, 
and how possibly it can help you. And and just because we focus on gut health in today's show does not necessarily mean that that is what all functional medicine does. It doesn't. I'm, it can take care of a whole um, – it can assist you with a whole gamut of things that you want to pr- improve with regards to your health and well-being mm-hmm. in a very, very holistic manner. So, Jody, you gave us a bunch of nuggets of gold. Thank you so much. And I want you to share with the listeners how, if someone is interested in connecting with you or finding out more about what you have to offer, how can they do that? Yeah, so I actually have a quiz on my website, a leaky gut quiz, as well as a free guide to healing leaky gut. Um, so those are things that the listeners are curious about whether they have leaky gut. They don't necessarily have to have gut symptoms to have leaky gut. They can go check out. So my website is www healingjourneyservices.com Okay, www.healingjourneyservices.com Now, do you hold any workshops or, you know, any events or is all that stuff um, someone is interested, they can find that out all on your website? Yeah, and if you want to send me an email, I can add you to my email list and let you know of any upcoming workshops. I am doing one where I'm getting my genetics interpreted live um, by a geneticist to explain how they're impact, how it's impacting my health and things like that, which should be very, very interesting. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, that sounds cool. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again, Jody, for being a guest on Blissful Living. It has been a pleasure. You gave us a wealth of information. I love how we finished up with the worms. It's kind of like kind of cool. <laughs> you know, we, just, we just get down and dirty and all the stuff. But, you guys, again, this is all information to help you to better manage and take control of your health and well-being. Put yourself in the driver's seat instead of, someone else because no one knows you better than you know yourself and so thank you Jody, so much for being a guest on blissful living thank you to all of you guys out there for listening i totally appreciate it please feel free to share the show with as many people as possible we want everybody to be healthy and well and the more you spread the word the greater we can get the message across as to how people can do that and i want to thank our sponsors Blissful Living for you, as well as All Day Cable Incorporated. You can check both of them out at either um, blissfullivingforyou.com or alldaycableinc.com. And until next time, this is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Until next time, be healthy and well and live a fabulous life. Take care and goodbye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.